good morning from a very cold corner of France today. Yeah, and we're on episode... Freezing. Uh, nine. No, no, no ten. episode ten. <laughs> this is so slick. <laughs> <laughs> right, so today, what are we talking about today on episode ten? Um, well, I thought, I, I saw an interesting kind of jumping off point on Facebook yesterday. Um, I think it was in a... A female, all female entrepreneurs group, like women, women business owners group, um, and um, it it just said, would you teach your children about being an entrepreneur, about entrepreneurship, um, or let them figure it out for themselves? And I just thought it was a really odd question because I thought, why wouldn't you? And to me, it's the biggest gift you could possibly give them, like not just entrepreneurship, but understanding some of the the strategies in business or especially online business because then they can kind of translate that into anything they want unless they want to be obviously like something very specific that needs a degree etc like a doctor or vet or something very traditional business can turn itself into so many other things for for someone so i just well, it, i just struck me as a very odd question and i thought maybe well so you don't see a negative in that at all. no not at all i i, I see it very positive as to yeah so I, I see it in two different ways, right? Mm -hmm. So, because I, like, we've, obviously, we're on the, like, kind of business entrepreneurial journey, yeah. right? So, for, so, obviously, we're strong advocates for that. But it's more of a challenge, I think, as you're, if you're a parent. So if you look at, kind of, like, our gener like our parents' generation and generation before them. So mm -hmm. the generation before them were what? War time, like, either post-war mm. or... Um, and their parents no doubt probably served in more time mm -hmm. and things like that so they would have been used to things like the blitz poverty was a, a an obvious thing yeah. right it was, yeah. it was it was not something you heard about it's something that you saw on a daily basis and lived through yeah for a vast majority of people so the idea of having a job you know, um and a good job yeah and a pension yeah like that was that to be able to if you couldn't have it as a parent yeah. in those times, in our previous in our previous families' generations, then you'd want your children to have yeah, that absolutely. security, right? Right. Because as a parent, it's really important that your children, like you know that your children, one, are going to be able to stand on their two feet and they're going to be safe and financially secure, yeah. but also that you won't personally have to provide for them yeah. for all of their adult life yeah. because you've, got, you've only got so many years left of being able to work. Yeah. Right? So... It makes sense then that we, we've grown up and that most people have grown up with this idea of jobs first. Yeah, absolutely. Like get the best job first. So by teaching them the... Do you not think that by giving the children too many options and the entrepreneurial thing, you're giving them too many mixed messages? No, not too. That's, that's my whole point. Okay. But I think everything you've just said is outdated. Yes. Um, it's, it, you know, what, what we've been talking about on all of these podcasts is there are so many opportunities to make money online um, from all different walks of life. And, and that's whether you've got a talent or a skill or not. You yeah. know, you can, if you, if you haven't got something yourself, you can, you can be an affiliate salesperson where you're selling everybody else's products. You, um, you know, if you do have a certain skill, you can teach. There's so many different things. I mean, that's just two very small examples from hundreds um, that... I don't, I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand why you why you wouldn't teach them that because 
they've always got this skill that they can fall back on if they do go into a career and, and it, it falls apart or mm-hmm. I mean the career I very first went into was something that I thought I wanted to do from like age 11 which was be in the movie business yeah and um I didn't even get that far because I did my work experience in it and hated it yeah. and all of a sudden I was like oh now what? Well, you went you went right the way through because your background as a child was you come from a family of musicians, right? Yeah. Like your mum's a musician yeah. um, and would tra- like take you guys, yeah. like played in different countries, yeah, you yeah. play a number of different instruments, you're yeah. in, a, what orchestra was it when you National were a kid? National Children's Orchestra. National yeah. Children's Orchestra. And you don't just play one thing, right? You play, what is it, sex? I might say, yeah. what is it? I know what it is. But <laughs> I'm trying not to do all the talking, but the instruments you play are... Saxophone, flute, clarinet and piano. Exactly, right? So you've got like this broad range and the premise when you were younger was that you'd become this like musician yeah. and then you took the road into movies as being your thing, right? Well, initially, I mean, I was still a musician, but the, the moment I didn't do movies because I didn't like it I then went back into music yeah but you didn't just flippantly go you know you've you made out you you've kind of suggested that going into movies like oh you did work experience and that was that but you went right the way through to doing a degree in script oh, yeah, writing yeah, yeah you worked with a you worked for a company that was a script writer was it what was it what I was it a production company production company yeah. and you met actors and yeah. you'd sit down and do script readings with quite famous people yeah and all this kind of stuff. So you but took that's it. You the took world it. I realised I didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> but you took it to quite a long. Like it wasn't yeah. just something that you kind of flippantly threw out. There. No, but my point is, you can spend years working towards something. Yeah. And then e- either be pulled out from under you from experiences yeah. like twenty twenty, or you you don't like it. It was the wrong thing. It wasn't for you. And and music was that as well. Like I did music my whole life. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but when I found marketing and, and the world of kind of business and entrepreneurship, I did that, I preferred that. Um, and that's, that's kind of why music with me has fallen by the wayside. And, and everybody says to you, like, when, when you meet people, if you've got a skill like, like a, a talent like music, it's like the worst thing in the world that you're not using. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe you can play this yeah. instrument and you're not doing it. And it's like, but you, you, life's too short. You should do the things... You want to do if if obviously it needs to put food on the table, yeah. but um, but that's why I think that's why to me entrepreneurship or I, I don't mean entrepreneurship as this grand thing. I mean literally like trans- the principles. Tra- yeah, the strategy. There is that fly again. Is it, I know. This was in yesterday's <laughs> podcast. Is is like he's moved in, <laughs> and he only seems to come out whenever we do a podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't mean. I mean strategy, kind of. Um, Money management, forecasting, that kind of thing. Well, adaptability. Yeah, and online transferable skills. Yeah. So, um, mar- and that's a huge thing in itself. But marketing and nowadays coding. I mean, if you can, if you can develop and code, code and things like that, you, you know that that can take. Or have a long some way. some idea how to communicate with those that can. Yes, exactly, exactly. So those kind of skills that, as I say, are, are so transferable, yeah. and you can you can see an idea and to an extent run with it when you've got a lot of those that kind of background and 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 what we've built up over the last 15 years but we've done it all ourselves so why you wouldn't want to give your kid a head start in that as i say unless they're like really i'm going to be a doctor and that's the way i'm going and and that's yeah but even then i suppose they could still have some fundamental like because there's 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 a difference between i think with business there's, there's 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 a couple of layers to it right so Whatever business activity you're doing, there's there's a specific 
jobs and skills that you have to be aware of or be able to do mm -hmm. to deliver that that aspect of mm -hmm. the business, right? So, for example, um, if you're going to be a hairdresser, you've got to bloody know how to, and, and that's you're going to start and you have no other resources. You've got to know how to cut hair yeah. before you go into the business of cutting hair, yes. right? Yeah. If for no, nothing else, if you're just going to recruit people, if for yeah. nothing else that you can tell when you've got someone who, can, who is good at cutting yeah. hair and who isn't, yeah. right? So there's there's kind of certain key things that you need to have that are very specific to that business. Yeah. And then there's another layer of stuff that are, are broader range skills yeah. that can be applied to any business. And they're kind of the, they're a bit like, uh, and we'll probably go into this bit on the podcast, but they're a bit like having your own core set of values. Yeah. Like there's a core set of principles in business that are the same no matter what you do. But that's the bit nobody teaches you. No, Which again, true. coming back to that post, uh, that's why I was just like, it's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you? Because nobody else teaches those those fundamentals you you if you're a if if you've spent i don't know however long the degree is i think it's four or five years it might even be longer being a, a physiotherapist for example right you know you you've got a, a talent and a skill and and a love i would i would assume of that um that discipline that, yeah. that's what you want to do so you open your own physiotherapy clinic yeah yeah and you might be the best physiotherapist yeah. in the have world have you got any idea how to run that clinic as a business how to how to make money as it yeah. how to how to market it how to manage the books you don't get taught any of no. that when you're taught to be a physiotherapist yeah and and that that's the thing so yeah. I, I think that yeah being able to teach your school and, and they these things are popping up there's um there's something i got for the kids um called kidpreneur which right. is a which is a, yeah it's a um I haven't I haven't had time to even download and I bought it and I haven't done anything with it yet I bought it about a month ago but it's essentially it's a book um right. and then um but off the back of it there's all sorts of spin offs so there's like um there's like little challenges the kids can do there's like little um. Uh, What's well, a physical book or a digital book? Uh, it's a dig it, it's a digital book at the moment only because of Corona uh, right. and um, because I think there is a physical version, but it's estates, so right. they, they were just not posting it out at the time, so they were doing digital versions. Well, we've got the digital. So it's not version. an app; it's a dead. No, no, no. It's a it's a book. It's called Kit Bruno, but there's a there's a whole like little community being built around it, and you get right. newsletters and all sorts of things. As I say, so who reads it? The parent or the kid? Uh, both. Right. Both. Okay. It, it, mainly the kid. It's kind of kind of age like 11, 12. Right. Um, but you, you can kind of help them with it. So kind it of Belle's age, Belle's yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the things well, that Belle's... she's coming up 11, isn't she? Yeah, so. and one of the things that Belle's talked about is she'd like to have her own little shop one hmm. day and, and all this kind of stuff. But this is it. I mean, kids kids model, don't they? You know, you can say, it's that old adage, isn't it? Don't, don't do as I say, do as I do. Or don't do as I do. <laughs> what no. is it? <laughs> yeah, that is right. Yeah. Don't do as I say, do as I do. Yeah. No, it's the yeah. opposite. Oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> you can tell it's the weekend. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. But kids will model. You know, you can say something to your blue in the face, but they'll yeah. model you. Yeah. And both of our kids have said, "Oh, it, like they, they don't really understand what we do, obviously." But they've been like, "We want to be the boss people because you guys are the boss." Well, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know where they got this from, um, but uh, what is it? I, I, I can't think where on earth they've picked this up. They've picked it up from some TV program or something like that. But um, they they went for ages where they were saying, whenever we talked about people we work with, like it might be staff or anything like that, they call them servants. Did they? Yeah, Belle, Belle and Zach went through this phase of going, 
Oh, so they, your servants, do they do... And it's like, they're not... Ser- they're staff. They're not... <laughs> they're people we work with. They're not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, funny. They, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But what <laughs> they pick up on and how they infer certain language to certain roles. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, being a boss or being in charge and being... And the girl's desperate. I mean, she's wanted to do a lemonade stand, bless her, so many times, hasn't yeah. she? But everywhere we've lived, even when we were travelling or whatever, has always pretty much been off the beaten path. So she'd like to sit no outside one. and the car would go by once every hour or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think teaching... Because you, you can teach resilience within that as well, you know, which I, which I think is huge. And especially nowadays, I don't... It, it's not so much here in France. In fact, it's, it's a huge amount less here in France. But... I found very much in England that um, the schools have kind of lost their way a little bit in, in that they, there was no competition and you couldn't tell anyone that they, not that they, they were bad, but, you know, that there was room for improvement in case you offended that child or the parent got on the phone or whatever. It's become a little bit too nicely nice. Well, there was a period of a number of years and uh, where the kids, they, it was a, there was a lot about it in the press and in the media just about... Everyone getting a participation trophy yeah. and the idea of competitive edge and and all this kind of stuff just wasn't wasn't being given to people and yeah. the idea of hard work it was just like just show up and you still get rewarded yeah yeah exactly in the in, the, in that fear of upsetting somebody because that's the other I, I suppose we talked a bit about we talked a lot this week about things like mindset and, and all this kind of stuff but one of the things is um, fear of offending someone or upsetting someone yeah. whereas in previous years it's like you'd be just like get on with it yeah just yeah uh, but hey hey that's just and, it, and it's is. impossible not to so i mean you can go through your whole life tiptoeing around trying to please everybody and you still won't so so you know yeah. it's, it's not achievable so no it's, it's being to learn authentic to and it. true to yourself yeah. and having and having the fundamentals of character which is one of the things that we try and instill in our our two children all the time is is um the the principles of key uh, key principles of character mm-hmm. so that, so they stand strong ir- irrespective of what is being thrown at them mm-hmm. so and entrepreneurship is is one of those things that help reinforce certain character traits right yeah. so you used the word resilience just now yeah. resilience is something that in our family in our little family unit resilience is one of the fundamental part, uh, attributes of character that mm. we admire yeah. and and work on right yeah. so we when we see our children behaving in a way that is contrary to what we expect as a standard of character yeah. for us as a family yeah we call them out on it yeah right and and when we demonstrate that in our work right yeah. in in terms of when things are tough which 2020 is absolutely one of the toughest years we've ever been through in our lives the, when when the kids see us going through that and going mm. through tough times, we're resilient mm. around that and we persevere. Perseverance mm. is mm. another aspect of mm. and that aspect of character, but it translates into the principles that entrepreneurship teaches. Yeah. Right? Well and also um the travel with the children. Yeah. I mean they they are very resilient. I mean we're um we're here in France um, and we came here at the beginning of the year. And the kids are in French school, um, and spoke I no French. Spoke very little French, like a tiny, teeny, tiny, 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 tiny. Yeah, and I mean literally like hello, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And I often think, 
of them and I and I feel bad you know I think of them at school all day long surrounded by entirely French yeah. because we our French isn't that great and and when I'm like surrounded by the neighbors or whatever and they're talking French and I, I, I'm getting there it's exhausting yeah. and I'm only there for, you know I'm only in that scenario for an hour or two and the, the kids go to school all day and they're just surrounded by French and um, and I, I often think like, oh my goodness, we've asked them to do so much. Yeah. But but they're fine. Yeah. You know, they they don't get up and moan, oh, I don't want to go to school today or anything like that. They're yeah. happy to go to school, yeah. and and that's probably something that I'll always be forever amazingly proud of them for yeah. because they they are just incredibly resilient. But I think that's come from the traveling because they were thrown into so many different environments constantly yeah. and to a, to a point that they didn't know they were because it was fun yeah you know it's not it's not like we kept throwing them in the they were in the deep end but it was a fun deep end so it was kind of kind of yeah but they had to bit. give up a lot for that fun right yeah. so um and i suppose like coming back to the core question of should you teach your children about entrepreneurship right well it all depends very much about how what you feel your kind of character ethic mm. is for your family, mm. right? So, because I think we've lost that as a society, right? Yeah. This the character principles of, um, like what you stand for, what your what and what your family represents, mm. and what what your relationship represents, and everything else, based on the fundamental like tenets of your character, and um, and so we felt when we looked at our lives prior to go traveling that and this had been reinforced by our journey in business that um there were some core things that our children would learn on uh, by giving up certain comforts yeah and going through certain uh difficulty yeah because it was difficult for them because they had to give up uh, the time with their friends Mm -hmm. their time with their relatives their their home they had to give up right to go off for most of their stuff most of their stuff they gave up Yeah. yeah And for some, and it wasn't like for a guaranteed period of time. We were like, yeah. well, we could be gone for a few months. We could be gone for a few years. Like yeah. there was, and they just accepted it, yeah. right? But we knew that no matter how difficult that might have been for them and for us, that there would be some kind of character uh, build, character building, such a throwaway statement, but ca- it would build some aspect of our character yeah. Yeah. that resonated with us. Like, and whether that be perseverance, resilience, yeah. and all whatever other aspects you define as core character traits. Mm. But I think people don't recognise that in themselves, no. right? I think we all function from, from aspects of what we define as character traits or character mm. principles, mm. but we don't recognise what those things are. Mm. We're so obsessed with what personality is and ego is. And we don't have... And if you look at old literature, like older literature of... That I grew up reading Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. That book was introduced to me, I think it was introduced by my stepmom, Aileen, who, um, and it's when I was, I think I was about 13 or 14. And I read that book over and over and over again. And one of the core, and I know everyone's seen the movie and everything else now, but when you read the book, and especially as an impressionable teenager, one of the things that runs true through the whole book is the fundamentals of character mm. and 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 staying true to strong character mm. ethics irrespective of what adversity is thrown at you mm. even when that adversity seems 
insurmountable. Mm. Like, and when it's easy to break or crack or, or to do what's the, um, the wrong thing because it's the easiest thing, but to, um, like, for everybody else, it seems like that should be the thing you do, but you do the harder thing because mm. that's what your character yeah. represents. And that's kind of the framework in which we work with each other yeah. and with the kids all the time. And we don't discuss it all the time. No. It's just that's the compass yeah. that we work from, right? But um, I, th I think that's one of the things that you can do with children is is not have to be really direct and teach them it in a in a you know very kind of linear school like way. I mean, um, Annabelle's got like just little a postcard quotes around yeah. her bedroom, hasn't she? Which are all about kind of um, doing the right thing and and you know um, a character building, as you say, yeah. and um, and she's got a little. Um, diary that she fills in which is again all about um what do they call it growth growth mindset for children yeah, yeah it's, it's um so it's, it's like encouraging the, these ways for them to kind of teach themselves and some of the english people that we've met here here in france um i mean because there are a, a couple of english kids at the school so they do have some english friends but they're not allowed to speak english at the school <laughs> the yeah. school don't like that so um but they they you know will often say like yeah, how how are your kids doing? You know, they are they how are they are they coping at the at the school? Not so much now, but certainly in the first couple of months, you know, oh, you know, expect them to break down a few times because it's really yeah, tough yeah. for them, and and I, and we were kind of like on the lookout for that, but they just they just never did, did no, they? Never. And um, so I think I think challenging your kids will will teach them some kind of entrepreneurship qualities. Yeah, yeah. As, as you go anyway so it's, yeah. it's not like you for those people like kind of listening to business say listening to this story and saying well we we don't have a business we're not entrepreneurs how are we supposed to teach our kids about entrepreneurship is it's not necessarily oh you know you need to teach them how to run a, a boardroom meeting or something no. like that that's or not accounts yeah or... that, that's kind of not what we're getting at it's it's um it, it's those values of how to create something from nothing so, yeah. so to be creative how to plan and and foresight things in advance and, yeah, and, and how risk to, assess and this yeah, kind of thing. Patience yeah. and um, showing up. Like yeah. even if the, every day for weeks and months and years until you get the result that you're looking mm. for. It's those you, you and you don't necessarily have to sit there with a child and, and discuss that explicitly with them each time. You can show it. Yeah, you can by by living it and breathing it, they'll they'll absorb that uh, uh, that way of being. Yeah, and and I think that's what's helped our our two kind of navigate the what's really been a really quite difficult for, three, three years three now. years for them. So, yeah, yeah, because we had obviously with the the, the complete traveling is great, but it's a massive thing to ask two young children to do yeah. out of the blue when they're. I mean, the school that they were going to was phenomenal. Yeah, we were really um, blessed with the school. That they yeah, and they loved it. Mm. They they loved the experience of going to that school. And then, and so to tear them out of that and then to drag them around the world. Yeah. Um, and I use that language specifically because if it had gone negatively, if they'd have negatively responded to that experience or had we not built some kind of foundation mm -hmm. of resilience mm -hmm and positivity and all these kind of stuff to begin with yeah that's the language that's the frame that's the lens that they would have observed yeah. that traveling experience well it, it be, was right? what really played on our guilt didn't it before we went um mm -hmm. i mean we, we often say or we've said a lot in these podcasts when we've talked about the travel that the hardest 
thing about doing it is making the decision to go mm-hmm. but it but that's not just a, a one-time thing you make for the kind of six months leading up to go and i'd say you we make that decision every day oh, yeah. yeah because you're, right. you're you're kind of second guessing is 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 this crazy is this the right thing to be doing and that really tapped home with me with the children because i was yeah. just like are they going to be in therapy when, they, yeah, yeah, when yeah. they're in their early 20s going, my parents just took me out of school and dragged me around the world? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, it, and that's compounded by the uh, the increased risk, mm. right? It's a, Because one of the things was, oh, wow, we're going to have one of the children injured or kidnapped or lost or, or whatever. Yeah. So suddenly you're accepting that you, it's not just the children taking on risk. We're we are making a decision that puts all four of us in a far riskier scenario for the yeah. next however long. Yeah. Whereas we've got this little bubble we work within at the moment when yeah. we get up in the morning, we go to, we drop the kids off at school and we know that journey inside out and so we can do it with eyes closed and we, and there's a routine and there's no risk. There's well, no as a, and as a parent, that's so tempting for you to keep that world. I always remember there was an advert on TV years and years ago. I think I was still a kid myself and it was for some kind of, um, like ointment or or maybe it was a plaster or it was something to do with, with first aid. I can't remember what it was for. But the advert was like two kids playing tennis with each other and they were head-to-toe in bubble wrap. Yeah. And then it flicked to another scene and, and somebody had put their kids head-to-toe in cotton wool. Yeah. And it was like... But you, you can't... You can protect your children like that. And if anything, nowadays it's quite easy to do because they can live their lives online if you wanted them to. They, they You know, they can have... Uh, entertainment without have, having to go out there and and kind of um, be in in dangerous in, environments or whatever, but you're doing them no favors as an adult. Well, no, we well, are. So the way I see our job as parents um, is we. It's our responsibility to make capable adults. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's yeah. that's the job, right? So we've we've kind of worked from the philosophy um, of. Um, uh, like safe uh self-imposed adversity mm-hmm. like on our kids yeah so or, or it's not self-imposed for them it's like <laughs> yeah. we're imposing the adversity yeah. on them but but continued constant levels of adversity yeah. where and i think parents do do this instinctively that's why that's why parents love to put their kids in football clubs and go on football matches or like whatever sports in my like rugby or whatever yeah. it is so it's or into martial arts or anything like that. Well, I think we are all in some way, shape or form conscious, consciously doing those uh, like moments of adversity that our children have to go through because we all understand that we grow yeah. personally uh, in that and they grow and, and you have to constantly, you have to constantly reflect on, right, okay, is life just too comfortable right now? Mm. Because if life's too comfortable, um, it's bad for all of you, yeah. all of us, yeah. right? Because... Um, life's hard. Yeah. Like to pretend that life is is this thing that will um, this experience that will always have your back and look after you and things will always come good. And um, that's that's false. Mm-hmm. Like life will. What is the? Um, there's a scene in a. There's that fly again. There's a scene in uh, that I listen to over and over again um, on like one of these motivational podcast things. And uh, it's it's been like blended into a music mix, and it's taken from it might be like Rocky Five or something. Like mm-hmm. I grew up with the Rocky movies, yeah, and yeah. I love the Rocky movies. And it's taken from Rocky Five. I think I think it's Rocky Five where he has a son, right? 
and his son's his son is kind of trying to give up. Right. Like he's, he's and he has this conversation with his son, and the whole bit that he the, the, this clip is him basically just yelling at his son, saying nothing will um, keep, uh, hit harder than life. Yeah. Like yeah, life yeah. will ruin you. Life will destroy you. You are, and it's not. And he makes a statement in it. He says something along the lines of, "It's not how many times." Um, you get knocked down. It's how many times, times you get, get up. up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly and yeah. and he's just yelling at his son this whole thing. And he's yeah. like, uh, and he, he says something along the lines of, he's um, something along the lines of, stop whining, stop. That isn't you, and you're better than that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I know you're better than that. And, and this whole piece, and it's just like, you listen to it. If you can find it online, anybody that's listening and watching this, and it's it's literally Rocky talking to his son, and it's just it's, it goes on for about a minute or so, and it's just. To me, it like really hit home because it was a. That's right. It's not about. It's not about making life easy because life isn't easy. Exactly. It's, it's making yourself. It's giving your children and yourself uh, the the capacity to be able to deal with tough stuff. Yeah. Right. And so. And it, that, that's what's so important because I think you can make life easy for a child. Oh, but, yeah. But they're only a child for a not, short not even time. eighteen years. Like more like kind of 15, 16 years before. Yeah before life will start kicking them in the teeth, you know? Yeah. And and so you protect their childhood by all means in terms of, you know, making it fun, etc. But you can't take that, you can't lie about that kind of hardness because it will affect them the rest of their lives. Yeah. And you've got to kind of be realistic with that. And I, and I think going back to the entrepreneurship, that really brings that in because there's nothing more realistic than fighting for business every day. Well, and so... Going back to what we were talking about then, so yeah. like, should you teach your kids um, anything about what it is to be in business or that whole principle? So the reality is that the description I gave at the beginning, because mm-hmm. I was attempting to play dev- devil's advocate, no. right? So it's not that I'm, like, obviously I'm very biased towards running businesses and teaching kids this, but the, the you're right that the, the that way of, Go to work. Go uh, go to school um, to get get good qualifications. That then gets you a good job, and that job's a job for life, mm-hmm. right? That was the principle, yeah, right? Because yeah. you're you go in at some junior level, and you work your way through and into some senior level, which then translates in, into a nice pension that then carries you through. Yeah, the I rest mean that's very much what life. you were taught. Wasn't you? I, I wasn't so much because my parents had a business, but you. you that's a hundred percent what I was taught. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my father. Um, was in services, and his father before him yeah. was, in, was in services. My grandparents were in services. Yeah. Um, it was all very much. I have uncles that were very entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't get to see them that much, yeah. right? So it was. But anyway, um, so that world of yeah, get a job and then get a get a good job, work up the ladder, and then get a pension doesn't exist anymore. No. Like there are, don't get me wrong, there are like paying into pensions or paying mm-hmm. into some kind of strategy that helps you once you well, stop working planning. is important. That's, yeah, that's well, different. exactly. Because yeah. yeah. I saw, um, like, from, because being in a banking world years ago, I remember situations of, of seeing people where their pensions were utterly destroyed. Yeah, my mum's was. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And yeah. so I think 2008 was a good example mm-hmm. of that where, People had invested huge sums of money into over over decades, 
only to find that it was worth nothing. Yeah, it was a private uh, pension scheme. She, she paid yeah. into something or other. I don't know the details, but yeah, hers was completely destroyed. Yeah, and the problem is, is the problem with jobs is, is one, they're not for life anymore, mm. right? That's just not the way the world is. And Christ, we're talking about this in 2020. So a lot of people out there right now listening to this are having to work out where the hell they go next, yeah. right? So so they, they're very, that's a very acute that, mm. uh, that issue at the moment. So... So we all know that jobs aren't for life, for starters. Secondly, we're not all necessarily, um, we're not necessarily equipped to deal with the long political game that's required to go up the ranks in a particular job, right? So you could be, um, you could be very good, or your child, as they get turned, as as they go through, get a career themselves, could be very, very good at what they do, but they're not necessarily. Politi- they're not they're not necessarily adapted or the right fit to go through the ranks politically in that mm. particular company, right? Mm. And that might not necessarily be anything wrong with that individual, right? Whether it be yourself uh, who are listening to this or watching this right now, or your child, right, that's doing that. It might be that they've got exactly the correct and healthiest set of values, characteristics to make them a very well-rounded human being. It might be that the environment that they're working in, the sector that they're working in, is doesn't um, reward those characteristics. Mm. And and I personally found that, we used to talk about this a lot in um, when I was in the banking world, there was, there was a period of time, it went on for about three or four years, where I was in a very specific um, kind of area of banking and finance. Mm. And um, what it required, it was a very lucrative, uh, role within that, yeah, the, and potentially a lot more. So uh, yeah, it was like we were earning in job wise, we were earning more money mm-hmm. in that in that field than I had ever previously. Right, so um, so financially, it was really good for us. Um, and I was in my twenties, uh, like early twenties, mid twenties, mid twenties, yeah. yeah, mid to late twenties, yeah. probably. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So, but. It was making me really unhappy, yeah. wasn't it? Because the we used to we had a we had our black lab yeah. that we used to go out and walk the uh, the lab in the mornings before we go off to work, and every morning we used to have this conversation about how unhappy working in that environment was mm-hmm. making me, mm-hmm. because the 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 what was required of me to do as a job meant wasn't in line with my values. Mm-hmm. It was it felt in some way, shape, or form like. It wasn't crooked, but it didn't feel good, mm-hmm. right? And then for me to go up the ladder, I it was it was a very masculine, territorial, mm-hmm. uh, testosterone-led hierarchy, well, and also right? Also, how much you would have had to give up? I mean, the, the next kind of rung up would have very much been expecting ridiculously long days from you, and you know, yeah, long days. But also, it, it was a boys' club, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was. There was a, um, so we've always had a very strong relationship, right? Mm-hmm. We've been very lucky in that and we've, but we recognised it yeah. very early, right? And so we recognised very, we, both of us recognised very quickly when things threaten that. Yeah. You know, when things like influence it negatively, yeah. Yeah. right? So I would get invited to these corporate functions yeah. where, um, where it was wives or girlfriends were not allowed to attend. Yeah. And the the men, it was predominantly men-led hierarchy, right? Yeah. So 
what that meant is you had this weird scenario where you had these like middle-aged men who were in real like serious positions of authority within that that finance structure mm -hmm. who had a lot of influence and say if they determined that you weren't getting promoted or yeah. you uh, or, or opportunity if you weren't in favor with that individual yeah. then the likelihood is your pay rises in future would be affected by mm -hmm. it. Your opportunities for promotion would be affected. It was all sorts of little things, wasn't it? If you didn't play golf or if you didn't... Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you had to kind of fit this real kind of cookie-cutter stereotype. And if, but if they that, love that power. Yeah, but if that, and if that wasn't you, as you say, you, you didn't really stand a chance. Well, and it was or a you very... you had to work twice as hard. Yeah, and it was a very chauvinistic environment. Yeah. So it was... Which was odd. Like, I'm not a very show... I'm not somebody who is naturally chauvinistic mm. right I, I have i have tried it a few times <laughs> you have your moments when you've had a few beers yeah yeah <laughs> but it doesn't yeah, it doesn't seem to stick thank goodness for you but yeah but the um but the point is that because it's that it it was basically labeling the women in in that hierarchical structure as as they were objects yeah but the problem is the the women in that structure that i witnessed understood what they brought to the table, what mm. their assets were. So, for example, they knew that they could curry favour with these middle-aged men mm. if they were in their 20s and they were really good-looking. Mm. And um, they knew that they could. They were, were aware that they could probably navigate this, this mm. hierarchical ladder quicker than that guy there if they just played on those mm. assets a mm. bit more. So you've got this weird mix of these 20-somethings yeah. that would kind of be as alluring as possible to these middle-aged men yeah. who uh, were sat on kind of the uh, or, or were the door openers for these people when you've got this weird horrible mix mm -hmm. and of course that combined with no um wives or girlfriends allowed to yeah. attend these functions met for some really horrible environment well no partners at all so the, the, the younger women as you say i weren't allowed to no, bring their no, own no halves either because and there was definitely a policy of um, what happens here stays here. Mm -hmm. Like what's said here, the noise kind of well, stops. Uh, but that's where I think now things are changing so much. I mean, that that kind of environment is just dying. Uh, just just from from the very fact that even in like twenty twenty, most of those people are now working at home. And yeah, and I, well, and I suppose it's flagged now more than ever. If there's yeah. some any any perceived inappropriate behaviour, yeah. it's like that's like yeah. that wouldn't be allowed. Would it? But that that's where I think. Um, bringing it back to where well, we no, should be. Yeah, well, just to, just to cap that, in case anyone thinks, Jesus Christ, Lee just went on a massive tangent. <laughs> the, my, the reason why I highlighted that story was just purely because that was not in line with my values and my character. Yeah, but right? you felt trapped. And I felt trapped, yeah. but I didn't want to climb that hierarchical structure yeah. because that would have meant I would have had to conform. Yeah. And so even though I had the intelligence for it, yeah. The motivation and like the like the aptitude, uh, my financial gain and like w w was never going to happen yeah. in that environment. Well, it's similar reason as to why I, I really didn't like the film industry because it, as much as when I when I went into it and it, it I everything I thought it would be in terms of I was fascinated with the process and and the the, the creativity and how it all worked. It, it really 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 stems on who you know and yeah. kissing people's asses and yeah. i was just not into no. working my butt off and and you know jumping how high for people for however many years before i might slowly work my yeah. way up the ladder just, i was just like well oh, you and i've got to be other ways <laughs> yeah you and i have always felt like the air kissy 
the fakery, fakery yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in whatever industry it doesn't yeah. have to be the yeah. that yeah and then we will immediately recoil from that yes. don't we it's yeah. just like it's not we'd like to just try and be ourselves as, as this shows yeah but <laughs> that's but that but so that's just to highlight the point that you can create these really great um you can create this amazing person either in yourself your other half or in your children that is so well-rounded and and be and they and that that person might say i want a career in x and you can work with them for donkey's years um for all their childhood into early adulthood to get them on that ladder and they are and you and it's like great they're on their way they're we've um we've made them a fully well-rounded person they can stand on their two feet they're completely responsible um, they're intelligent they're, and now off they go and then suddenly because you've been on the outside of that industry mm. whatever that industry is and so have they the, the idea of what it actually is to be in it is is not the right thing yeah. and that can lead to in my view a, a real it's one of the reasons why people have midlife crisis yeah, yeah. and stuff like that because they realise that years down the line it's like Jesus Christ this thing that I worked for is not what I wanted well like, that's that's the thing and uh, um, and that's that's a little bit what I did in in the music world but I kind of um, picked up on it early on and I, I realised that I enjoy music as a as a hobby and not as a as a career but but that aside I think it's it's really important that by giving children that entrepreneurial flair as it were or, or a range of different skills and core values that they can that they can hold on to and confidence yeah, yeah. that fits with the you don't have to know what you want to do because no. that's the other thing isn't it you're you, you know mm. you kind of have these careers sessions or whatever at school and it's like what do you want to be and, and it's like and so many people don't know but there's there's like a stigma. but you ask an adult that question they don't but this know. is what i mean but there's kind of like a stigma associated with not knowing it's yeah. like we were saying on one of the other podcasts the other day about you have to know your big why you don't. No. But if you do have these entrepreneurial transferable skills, you can play around at different careers and, and opportunities yeah. in your twenties and, and make that very successful in itself. Yeah. You know, you might try that for a while and build up a business and I don't know, maybe you sell it or you hand it over to someone or yeah. you get people in to manage it because oh then you've seen that opportunity and you want to do that. And yeah. it just makes you so much more versatile um to be able to identify opportunities jump on them experiment with different things yeah in a successful way rather than kind of hopping from job to job that you're not very happy with because that's all you know how to do well and the problem with jobs and a lot of times is that you are you are a cog in a machine right Mm -hmm. so you have a very very specific set of skills so going back to what we talked about at the beginning is there's like there's a couple of layers in business right in terms of with the hairdresser analogy right so you've got to be able to cut hair right that's if you're going to be in the hairdresser industry you've got to at least be able to do that bit but if you're going to be the business owner you've got to have some other skills some core skills of being what of understanding what it is to run a business um to be able to to be able to function yeah. right to be able to make that a success and that's transferable to everything exactly but yeah. the problem with being in a job is you're always on that one layer yeah so unless you can find another like identity like, or a side hustle or something yeah, yeah but if you're if you're out of a job yeah then you've got to find a it's like well my experience is doing this job so can i find another this job with somebody else well you're limited again aren't oh, you? it's, it's, nightmare, it's all, yeah. but it's all about being kind of narrowed down and and limited to to certain things so yeah i think teaching teaching kids 
entrepreneurial skills and values and maybe kind of we'll unpack what that really is in a, in, on another podcast yeah, yeah. is essential yeah we should um, definitely la- layer out like and how they um because we I, we're quite conscious of how the entrepreneurial skills tie directly into your character yeah. like character traits yeah and because uh, I, I don't see them as, as separate things mm. i think they're just they're very similar yeah Perhaps we could, um, I don't, don't know if he might be listening to this, but get Siam to, to come on to a podcast about it because he's got his, um, he's got, he's done a book for his children, yeah, hasn't he, which yeah. he reads to them every night, which is a little story that he's created, but it's all about that kind of character and, and uh, his, his surname is Kid and he calls it, calls it the Kid Cree. Yeah. So that they've got that kind of, from a very young age, because his, I'm, I'm guessing now, but his children are, I don't know, four and two or something along yeah. those lines, they're very, they're very small. But they've got that message kind of being delivered to them yeah, daily. Agreed. Um, yeah, Siam Kid. I highly recommend uh, anybody listening to this uh, or watching this to seek him out. Like, have a look at some of the stuff that he's he's done over the years. Uh, we we met him oh years ago yeah. now, and um, and we've kind of watched his journey over the years. And he's been a, he's a very inspiring individual. He's uh, run something called the Realistic Trader, which is all about teaching people how to uh, earn money, and and he's he's got the WAP now, which again is about taking people from or WAP or whatever yeah. you want to call it, the W-A-P, WAP yeah. uh, Wealth Action Plan, which is all about um, taking like taking you through the steps of like going from nothing to building a business and and so on. It's uh, well, that's a great thing to get people on because I think. Um, one of our other mutual friends, Lucinda, she got her son, who I think was 15 at the time, yeah. on Siam's Nailing Life course. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. about the fundamentals of nailing life, as it, as it yeah. says. So yeah. it's, um, I, mean, I don't know the details of that course, but you you know. And also um, things like Tony Robbins as well. Do you remember when we, we did the Tony Robbins um, weekend that we've talked about yeah. before? And there was an 11-year-old boy there on his own. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. his parents had just... Sent him from China or Japan or something. Yeah. He'd come a long, 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 long way. I can't yeah. remember where he yeah, was. Yeah, because there was something like thirty-six different countries in this room. Yeah, because it's simultaneously translated, isn't it, by different people at the back of the room? Yeah, all, all the people with that don't speak English have got headphones on. Yeah, and um, and he singled out this boy, and I mean, I wouldn't go to that extreme without children, but that's yeah. an incredible thing for parents who are kind of recognised. But there were other young ones in there. That I remember there was a fourteen-year-old girl with her mum. Yeah. Um, there was lots of lots well, of that... children. So people, I think, I think one of the other reasons that maybe you would answer no to teaching children entrepreneurial skills is are they too young? Yeah. Well, I don't think they're ever too young. Well, I think it's knowing what it's also knowing what are entrepreneurial skills. Yeah. Because it's a very easy thing to throw out there and say. Okay, just go teach t- children how to run a business. It's like, geez, if we try to teach Zach, yeah, obviously, like, yeah. Uh, right, this is how you do financial forecasting, Zach. He'd, he'd be like, what the hell? I can't even say financial no, forecasting. No, but he likes his Jurassic Park game. Oh, that's he, amazing. Where yeah. he has to go off and, and dig for the, the fossil or whatever it is, and, and then he takes photographs and he gets paid for better photographs and then he has to build the visitor center and the more of the yeah. displays he has the more and customers he has to, he comes and he in. gets and he has to build shops yeah. and then he has to stock the shops with different items and he can adjust the pricing on the different items because and then he has to watch the footfall yeah it's got it's i think it's called jurassic world or something like that the get the actual the computer game 
But um, yeah, and, and the more money he earns in the game, yeah. then he can spend that on um, basically creating bigger parts well, of yeah, the theme Well, yeah, but he also has park. to look after like sick, di- sick dinosaurs, yeah. which obviously cost money. So it's a brilliant game for strategy yeah. and like learning life and, and yeah, managing and, a business. Yeah, because he's constantly watching the money coming up here and it's like, right, I need to invest in that bit. And oh, yeah, this dinosaur's sick over here, so I need to get, oh, it's a... And, and he's only seven, yeah. But he's he understands how to because I, mean, I was playing because I, I got it first because I just wanted some um, like a, a distraction, yeah. And uh, because I was like constantly just, and it my, felt like we were always puzzles. yeah, like your jigsaw puzzles. I was felt like I was just everything we were doing all the time was all to do with some aspect of our work, and yeah. I was like, I need an escape, and um, or it was either doing some form of fitness or doing something with the kids, doing something with each yeah, other yeah. or work. And it was like, I need something that's just me where I can completely escape. Yeah. So I downloaded this game onto the laptop. I played it and I was like, this is amazing. And Zach loves dinosaurs, doesn't yeah. he? So, so I sat down with Zach and I was just like, let's just see if, see if he gets it. And I think I'd got to, I can't remember how many, like how much money I'd accrued on building this part. Zach loved it. And then one day he, he said, dad, dad, look, look. And I had look, and he'd made way more money and played a way bigger part than I'd made. And I was like, wow, it was amazing. But as what I recognised and you recognised when we saw that game was, and it wasn't, again, it's not explicit, right? It's not like we sat down and had this family meeting no, exactly. and we worked out, right, this means that it can do this, this and this. But we recognised there were certain aspects that this game could teach Zach yeah. in a play way exactly, yeah, yeah. That, that would... Um, just help him. Just, just um, things like chess, for example. Yeah. I mean, that teaches children to strategize. So yeah, that you're and always to start thinking, thinking several more. steps ahead. You're not just thinking about what's in front of you. And there's there's so many ways. I think maybe we should do like a part two tomorrow on on this, so okay. that we can kind of like unpack what that entrepreneurial skill set means and yeah. how you can kind of start start to kind of. Well, I think when you kids. work from the, the the basis of your your you want to build character in your children, mm. right? And um, because individuals with strong, a strong sense of who they are and their character um, are, are not blown around so much in a storm. No, exactly. Right? They, they can stand fast. Yeah. In, and, you know, and we all know people like that, right? Where when the world's falling apart and when everything is just chaos, where there's, there's certain individuals that you know you can go to and go... What do we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll 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 be like your true north. Yeah. And you and you're based on who they are and what they represent and everything else. You know that they'll that even if you can't quite see what true north yeah. is, you you have faith that they'll take you there. And I think people underestimate kids. You know, they think mm-hmm. that as I say, they're too young or oh no, they can't deal with that or they won't understand that. And I mean, we've witnessed it with our two who have now been at, at, in a French school full-time for nearly a year. They started in January, so we're coming up towards a year. And not quite so much Zach, but Belle's pretty much fluent in French. Yeah. And it, it's, it's amazing to watch that, yeah. because from an adult's point of view, because as I say, we're trying to lose, you learn French, me far more so than you. Yeah. But, yeah. but I have to have a why all the time. You know, if, if yeah. I'm learning a sentence or or verbs or a phrase or whatever it is I'm like well what does that mean in English or how would I associate that or how do I structure that that 
paragraph or whatever. I have to have this why. Yeah. Kids don't. They just accept it. Yeah. Because so much of Annabelle will say stuff and she's just talking and I'm like, oh, what did that word mean in English? And she's like, oh, oh I don't know. Uh, and she'll have to really kind of, but she's just using it in context anyway. Yeah. Because she's just... We need to name this fly. <laughs> the fly's going to be called Bob. Because he's determined to get on this. Sorry, I, I'm waving my hands around for anybody that's listening. It's landing on your head. It's la- he's le- Bob, the fly, is landing on my head. He's been here now for the last few days. You can't name him because then if you kill him, you'll feel bad. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to my head. I'm not going to feel bad. Sorry, I interrupted. Now he's seeing the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that she's, she uses the right words in context. She knows what she's saying when she's talking French. Yeah. Because she's just accepted that and learnt it verbatim. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what children are, are so good at. Everyone says, oh, you know, they're sponges, etc. But I don't think it's necessarily that they're taking in more. It's that... They just accept. Yeah, they, they don't, don't prejudge question. it. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not asking for a load of reasons why. They're just like, oh, okay. And, and obviously, they will. I mean, they will ask why on, yeah. on certain things. But it's yeah. They, I, I think you you've hit the nail on the head there. They don't have these these pre judgments and all this kind of baggage that we have as adults. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are we gonna have to finish fly. the podcast just because you got a fly on your head? Going nuts. <laughs> so. Um, it's because you smell. I don't want to kill Bob, but Bob, <laughs> I will kill you, Fly. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, you're right. You're, it's. I think the. I think that kind of sums up. We were, yeah. Bob's going up to you now. Uh, so whoever's not talking, Bob will come and fly over to. You. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to kill you, am I? Because I called it Bob. Anyway, um, so the yeah the. I suppose identifying what character is and, and what entre- what we consider to be entrepreneurial traits will help inform whether you would feel it's an applicable thing to teach to bring to bring into your child's and your life. Yeah. Right. Um, but I like I and you feel that it's a very important aspect of what it is to be human, mm-hmm. and because none of us are fully formed. No. Right. We're always learning, mm-hmm. and um, and we often will say. If, if the children are are behaving in a certain way or responding to a situation in a certain way that is not in line or, or not meeting what we consider the standard of the, what their character re- should be and represents, mm-hmm. then we'll often say, that's not what we do as a family. That's yeah. not, you are a Johnson, right? You're, a, you're one of the Johnson family. Yeah, and right. as such... Uh, that's not what we represent. You represent us, and yeah. we represent you, and and that's as a standard. What we're about. Yeah. And I think in twenty twenty, um, one of the reasons I kind of want to do a part two tomorrow is because I think twenty twenty is a real opportunity to do that. As we've said with twenty twenty, so much that there's obviously a huge ton of negativity in in this year, but it has brought about some opportunities. And I think for children, because they had to go like. 99% of the world had to go through homeschooling, which so yeah. many parents would never have even considered before. That's something you should definitely care, care, cover yeah, on the episode, um, yeah. So, so uh, there's suddenly this understanding of, oh, there's a huge wealth of material online that's really easy to teach kids. And, yeah. and you can stick them in front of a, a Joe Wicks YouTube video and, they'll, uh, and, and start to teach them about exercise and, and yeah. think, you know, it doesn't have to be hard and you can make it fun and enjoyable and you and you can get to know your own child more as exactly. well. I think that's something that's quite unique from this year is, is you're kind of understanding their, their personalities and their, yeah. their 
what they're really about a little bit more as well, which again is is a positive. Well, you can jointly grow from this, the experience yeah, as yeah. well because there's a, there's an aspect of um, children learning that isn't necessarily always through you directly teaching. It's it's through you directly living. Yeah. Right, because they will observe, and uh, even when you think they're not paying attention to certain things that you're doing. They are. Oh, God, and Zach does that all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have in our home, we have very, as we've talked on previous podcasts, I have, I'm quite strict with my routines in the day because if I'm not, I don't do them. And, and some of those routines, like, well, obviously our routine is work. Like we have work is a very big thing about in our lives, like how we work and what we do. And delivering when we say we're going to deliver, even mm. if that means that uh, we miss out on certain yeah. things and, and stuff like that. And the children pick up on that. They they've definitely and they demonstrate that in their own behaviours when when there's been a thing that they have to be responsible for, mm. they just do it yeah. because they see us doing it. Yeah. And it, and they will often ask to do like oh I would like I need to do some exercise, Dad. Can I go do this? Can I do that? And it's not because I'm asking them to do it. It's because they see us doing it anyway. Yeah. Right. And so, so if you are considering the entrepreneurial life, uh, or bringing that more into focus for yourself, share the journey with your kids, and it's a reciprocal thing, yeah. right? Because they'll get be rewarded through for, through your you sharing those experiences, but so are you. Yeah. As, because you'll get better. Yeah, I think it's a really important point that you don't have to teach as such. Because no. when I mentioned the homeschooling thing just now, I can imagine there was a collective groan from most people listening because it it's really bloody hard to teach your own children. That was the hardest part of yeah. our start of our travels, um, isn't it? Yeah. But it was more when we had to teach certain things. Like um, the kids here, they have to, for, for school, <laughs> they have to learn French poems, which to me is... The, the biggest waste of time in the world because they are literally, you know, learning a poem and the next week they have to learn another poem and another poem and, and it, to me, yeah. it, it doesn't teach anything. I mean, yeah. pronunciation may be for Alti because they're English, but why the French children have to do and it? And they have to stand up in the class and, say and read out the... Well, they don't read it out. They have to say they it, to it off, it, yeah. off memory um, and then they're, then they're scored between 1 and 20. Yeah. And so we always had dramas every week <laughs> in the house learning these poxy poems. So that's not the kind of learning we're kind of talking about or teaching. It's it's more, as you say, it's it's, it's modelling and doing stuff that they're interested in and the kind of game based stuff like yeah. the like the Jurassic Park. There's so many ways that you can you can kind of teach skills to children without teaching yeah. as, as you yeah make it traditional fun. way of thinking yeah yeah and so, and, and make it so that and they let them want lead to it, it. Yeah. yeah it's it's yeah it's it's, it's quite. When you get in, when you kind of, because I was much more of a traditional learner, wasn't I? And, and when I approached the homeschooling with the kids from from travelling, I was very much like, we're going to do this, this, and this, and I've got it all organised. And yeah. that was kind of the way I approached it. And I had to throw all that out the window. And it took a while for me to kind of let go of that because I'm more of an academic background. Yeah. Um, but once you do let go of that, so it can be a really fun journey um, for all of you. So I think, yeah, we'll, we'll continue this tomorrow to be continued. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's episode 10. Ten. Yep. Done. Okay. Well done. Was that a double? Am I leaving you hanging? <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Bye. <laughs>